This scripture reading and the following address are part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on January 1st, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. Chapter 2. Glory to you, O Lord. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Christ. Grace, peace and mercy are ours in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Today, if you hadn't already guessed, we'll be talking about names and specifically the name of Jesus. To begin, though, I'd like to ask a few questions and get you to respond by raising your hand. So put your hand up if you know what your name means. Okay. And put your hand up if you know why your parents chose your first name. Good. And put your hand up if you're named after a relative. Okay, a few people. It doesn't happen quite so much anymore, does it? Names are really important to us, aren't they? They can say something about our parents' hopes and dreams for us or something about our parents' taste. They can say something about the family we belong to and the importance of heritage. Those of you who have named a child or even a pet, think back to the process of choosing a name and what influenced it. For those of you who have children, nine months of pregnancy can be a long time to debate names. Names can be powerful. We tend to name children after people we admire, whose characteristics we hope that our children might embody. And we tend not to name children after evil dictators. So names are pretty powerful. In the Bible, God uses names and changes people's names to establish relationship, identity, and belonging. So Moses was named Moses because he was drawn out from the water. That's what Moses means, to draw out from the water. Abram and Sarai were renamed Abraham and Sarah to signify their new relationship of promise to God. Saul's life was transformed, and he became Paul. 
Today's three readings all have something to tell us about the name of God. In our first reading, that Susanna read from Numbers, we heard a blessing, a blessing that we use at the end of our worship services in most weeks. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's very familiar to us, isn't it? So this blessing was given by God to Aaron to use to bless the people of Israel. And it's more than just words. So as we heard in that reading from Numbers, at the end of the blessing, it says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Put my name on. It's something that can be carried with them as they go. The promise of the presence of God on and with the people. The presence of God now not just residing in the temple, but with them wherever they go. It's as if the people now wear God's name and that it should be worn so that all people can see it and believe. I encourage you to keep this in mind when we get to the end of the service and it's time to say that blessing. To remember that, and to, to remember that God goes out from here with you as you bear God's name. To know that God blesses you by seeing you and entering your time and your space. God with you. Emmanuel, God with us. This name Emmanuel brings us back to the baby Jesus, the one whom we hear about in today's gospel reading. Today's reading from Luke contains the only verse in all of the gospels that refers to this particular day when Jesus was publicly given his name according to Jewish tradition, along with being circumcised. So we have a whole day in the liturgical calendar built around one verse. You'll remember from the Christmas stories that we've heard just very recently that the name Jesus had been given by the angel to Mary when she was told that she would become pregnant. And Mary and Joseph, as faithful Jews, obeyed the instructions they were given by God and they named their child Jesus publicly in the temple. So everything has happened just as the angels said it would. God, whose presence was bestowed on us by his name, as we heard in the reading from Numbers, is now one of us. One of us. It's quite amazing. And the name he is given, Jesus, is full of meaning and power. Yeshua, God saves. We hear this name, and in it we hear who this Jesus is and what he will do for us. Within this name is Jesus' vocation. It's kind of like when we give the title doctor or police officer to someone. But more than that, within the name Jesus is a relationship to humanity, as well as revealing a desire of God. The name Jesus says that God cares about us. God knows what is happening to and with us. God is not indifferent. God is present, acting in this world and in our lives. God loves us. We know that this baby Jesus will grow into a man who teaches and heals and who will ultimately die to save us. 
because God saves. In today's reading that we heard from Philippians, it's one of the earliest recorded Christian hymns that we have, we see how Jesus embodies his given name, God saves. Being in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped or exploited, as something to be held onto at all costs and used to his own advantage. Rather, he willingly emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So what we hear here is that Jesus is not a passive victim, but he enters fully and willingly and actively into his mission. He empties himself of all claims to divine glory and honour to become a human being. And not a human of high status and honour either, but a lowly slave or servant serving other human beings. He humbles himself even to the point of dying a slave's death. Because we know that execution by crucifixion was reserved for slaves and for rebels against the Roman rule. So this lowly, suffering and crucified Jesus is the one whom God highly exalts and to whom God gives the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This hymn makes the astonishing claim that the one that we call God and Lord is most fully revealed as the crucified one. The paradox of a Messiah coming as a helpless baby, which we've just heard in the Christmas stories, is now matched by the paradox of a crucified Messiah, not at all what the Jews were expecting. The one who humbled himself and took the form of a slave shows us who God is and how God acts. God's essential character is shown to be one of self-emptying love rather than grasping for power or for glory. Everything gets turned upside down. We often find our lives are like that too, don't we? Jesus knows what it is to be turned upside down. God's exaltation of Jesus confirms the divine nature of his mission and ensures that one day he will be acknowledged by all for who he truly is, Jesus, the one who saves, God's anointed one, the Messiah. And so we are taught how to bear the name of God by Jesus, who has shown us what it looks like in human flesh. Paul introduces the Christ hymn in Philippians by saying, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The phrase in you is actually plural in the Greek, and it's probably best translated as among you. Paul envisions the life of a community such as ours being formed by the mind of Christ, by a spirit of humility and of loving service to one another, rather than competition or grasping for power and control. As we celebrate New Year's Day today, and as we look back on the year that was, 
I think it's helpful to ask ourselves, does our life together reflect that same mind that was in Christ Jesus? Are we looking to the interests of others rather than our own interests? Are humility and servanthood evident among us? Whatever answers we find within ourselves, we know that our efforts often fail, that we succumb to our very human frailties and weaknesses, we succumb to our sin. Humility can often seem just out of our grasp, I know for me anyway. And the name of Jesus means that our failures are not the final word. Jesus has fulfilled the promise that was given to us in his name. God has saved us and continues to love us and welcome us into his family. And he does this by using his name. Next week we'll hear in the baptism of Jesus more about baptism and the use of God's name. The name of Jesus continues to hold power for us. Every time we say Jesus, we acknowledge our need for God. Every time we say Jesus, we open ourselves to God's mercy, to God's forgiveness, and to God's salvation. Every time we say Jesus, we remember that God is with us. Every time we say Jesus, his response is always the same. Here I am. And every time we say Jesus, we proclaim the good news that is inherent in that name. God saves. Good news that is desperately needed in our broken world today. So as we leave today with God's name and God's blessing, I pray that we may have the courage to speak the name of Jesus and to pass on this good news to anyone whom God places in our path. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.